every choice you make kind of feels like it's on quicksand where like you're not entirely sure uh, what's what's come before. I, I mean, that's the exercise. You turned this entire book into a road trip story, which was never, never an intention that we had. Hello and welcome, friends and acquaintances, equally to both, uh, to Oh Shit Vampires, the Exquisite Corpse novella and podcast. I'm Clint Gage. I am Evan Gausted. Evan, how's how's it coming with uh, making sense of this uh, this whole endeavor? Does it does it make sense to you? I think now that other people are writing it for us, yes. Mm-hmm. I Great. think I think I, yeah. yeah, that was that was the goal, right? To farm out a lot of work to more talented friends. Exactly. Farm out the work, not come up with an outline mm-hmm. and let uh, their ideas drive this vehicle. And so it's been, I mean, we're, we're, we're on the home stretch because you and I get to quit now and they have to do the writing. So writing, we, we wrote the first four chapters, of course, and then now we get to hand the keys to the Camaro that is this exquisite corpse mm-hmm. to our very first writer, Old friend, dear colleague, Michael Truly. Michael, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. This got real formal all of a it sudden. It got real formal. <laughs> I listen, we go back a long ways, but this podcast doesn't. So yes. we have to sort of revert to, uh, you know, really, really formal sort of, uh, I mean, politeness. It, it's good to be yeah. polite. No, there was a sudden uh, when you're like, we're recording three, two, one, and then I felt like the respect uh, from from years ago suddenly come back. <laughs> right, uh, right. It's like whenever you see a picture of yourself, like uh, you know, working when you're younger or something, and there's hope in your eyes or whatever. Yeah, it's like whenever you're you like, start I can a still new see podcast. That gleam. Right, right. Whenever you start a new podcast with the same people, it's the same deal. It like reverts back to the the original thing. Yeah, this this podcast could still be a little bit shiny. But we don't know yet. But we're going to. We don't know yet. Yeah, this is so. the The reason that we're excited, though, truly, is is that not only were you the first person not named Clint and Evan to write a chapter, uh, you're the first person to to talk to us about writing that chapter. That's interesting because uh, already I don't think I knew that going in to writing it. I didn't know. Uh, I don't think you guys told me who wrote before me. Um, probably to protect your fragile egos. Uh huh. Um, but uh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, we were okay. like, listen, listen. If it sucks, uh, we're not going to tell you it wasn't us. <laughs> but well, that's always like, and the then we just slowly thing. walk out of the room. Yeah, yeah. Like you kind of put something up anonymously because you're like, oh, I kind of feel better about that. But then people are extra savage about it, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I should have told them it was me. They would have gone a little easier. Yeah, it's just nothing but you you regretting taking part in this. I didn't know you were getting some jokers to write the chapters before me. <laughs> I was hoping you'd have some some talent coming into Did this. You farm but... this out to India? What Jeez. what is happening here? <laughs> you write this AI yourself to create this bullshit. <laughs> Uh, so did you guys interview yourselves for the, the first chapter or? Yeah. Yeah. We, okay. we, uh, it was, I, I'm hesitant to call it an interview of ourselves, but we, there was some self-reflection, I think. Yeah. Right. It was the mm-hmm. same. It was the same deal. We left it open-ended about who wrote what we wrote. Like mm-hmm. could have been us, but maybe not, you know, so that we wouldn't <laughs> get our feelings <laughs> You really could have been somebody but, else. It's hard to remember. Yeah. Certainly hard to remember what I wrote and what Evan wrote for oh, sure. Oh God, yeah. No, we lost that thread. 
books ago. Years ago, yeah. Whole um, books ago. Whole books ago. <laughs> I just want to double down on the thanking of Michael since we really, uh, you know, we we had the idea for a book and then we had the the wild idea of like, what if instead of writing it, we made other people do it, but also made it tricky and weird. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and truly you were the first guy to take the bait and, uh, and dive in and, and really, you know, kind of make, make the whole thing happen. So I'm grateful. Oh, you're welcome. I, when you told me about it, I really thought it would be fun. Good. Good. Cause that's, that's <laughs> my first question. Yeah. So that's my first yeah, question that's a good for you. If, if we can just get back to the formalities at hand here, my first question for you, sir, did, did you have fun? Yeah, I, I did have fun. I kind of said that like, uh, I, I didn't, uh, just, uh, you know, I'll leave the listener hanging on for a moment. Sure. No, um, I appreciate building some drama moment to moment in the podcast. But, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. It, it's a, it's kind of a unique trick. Um, you kind of have to sort of give up some things and knowing that you guys were going to go through and kind of do some of the more cohesive elements to tie stuff together. That was like, I think my biggest worry coming into it. It's like, well, you don't know like the full scope of the story beyond, uh, did I even get the whole chapter? I don't think I did. It was just like a, a paragraph, right? You should have, you should have gotten the whole chapter previous to yours and the first line of your chapter. Yeah. Oh, weird. That's that's yeah. That was a yeah. So you great. got the whole it chapter. Has been a, it has been a while since we've done. Yeah. This, which I'm is partially my notes. All I got was fucked up. Fucked uh, up. <laughs> that's all I had to write from. So right, if right. it was cohesive, chapter four, fucked up. Chapter five, <laughs> go ahead, truly. <laughs> no, um, but it, it, it's really interesting because like you don't know how big certain elements are. Are they like throwaways or, or how do they play into what's already taken place? And so it's an interesting exercise, I think, to to kind of just not worry about that and just kind of like take what feels important to you uh, and and keep running with the elements that you like and sort of hope that there's like a cohesiveness that it continues and um, drives the story in some way. I think for, for me, like my, uh, my initial worry was that it would get caught up in, in sort of two places. One would be that I would just kind of spin my wheels and not actually add anything or add any propulsion, or I would push too hard, too fast. And of the two of those, I, I think I picked the second one, um, because I was like, I don't know, it, it, I think I'd like put her uh in dc because i was just like fuck it she's not gonna stick around here anymore i've made bold choices like you guys are stuck with it um just because like, there is actually actually when, when we do get a chance to talk more specifically about the chapter after we listen to it here in a minute i do have a very dc a pointed dc question for you oh yeah um but i if i remember right like your whole thing we approached you to do this and you were like okay but i mean is it cool if she drives a camaro and we're like hey listen man it's it's up to you and uh, your your determination to get our main character Clem into a Camaro uh, was was really inspiring. Honestly, it just seemed important. <laughs> like sometimes when people are like, "Well, what is this novel about?" You're like, "Well, Les Miserables. It's obviously about the sewer system under France, based off the 27 pages Clearly. Victor Hugo spends on it." Between that or some some silver in a rich man's house. Yeah, yeah. So, like this one, I was like, "This is about a Camaro and the person who rides in it." It, yeah, it certainly, it certainly could be. And I will say, like, I, I do think that 
it's it's funny to hear you you mention all of this stuff because like part of our goal going into this and you being the first writer and first person to talk about it here too is 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 wonderful because we I think absolutely nailed our goal of keeping it so confusing for you guys and giving you so little to go on. Like I think I had a lot of questions. You if probably, I remember, I right. hope you did because we barely told you yeah. anything. Probably, the but least. like to get just to get just a chapter ahead of yours, and then be be saddled with the first line of a chapter. And some of you know some of the first lines that came in were really, I mean, they were really dick moves. Um, and I think I if I well because it, it's kind of a trick to cut you off because like you know someone's going to come after you, so it's like you can either set up the next writer for success or you can kind of like sweep their legs out from under them. Be like, Hey, I just wrote this great chapter. Let's see you deal with this piece of shit. You fucking dick. Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Sure. I apologize. Oh, sure. The book's called Oh Shit Vampires. So I think it's, fine. yeah, I think we'll be fine. Well, you put a hashtag and an exclamation <laughs> point in there. It's sure did. That's just so the Google doc people won't come after yeah. us. But, um, I, I do think Evan, I want to say this was your first line. It was that we you're, left for truly. You're absolutely right. I, I remember right. Which was that. instead of a go bag, I keep two oversized rain boots full of quarters and batteries in the trunk of my car. So what what were you thinking? That felt Evan? real pulpy to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh I was thinking that I didn't want to uh set up any any sort of like forward movement for the plot. I just wanted to give give a device. Um and so I gave one and I don't know. I feel like I feel like <laughs> I feel like we should maybe listen to the chapter now so the the people, okay. the yeah, people we can, can see what Michael did with uh with my first line. Instead of a go bag, I keep two oversized rain boots full of quarters and batteries in the trunk of my car. It reminds me of my mom and the stupid shit she'd always mumble obsessively. For years, she kept saying she could see the future and tried to prove it to me by thrusting yesterday's newspaper into my face. It was cute at first. It wasn't until high school I realized it wasn't a game, but rather something she actually believed. Without me at home to keep her balanced, two years into college, she cratered. Massive breakdown. My aunt had to have her checked into a mental hospital. She seems really happy there, for what it's worth, muttering stuff obsessively without being judged. Clem, boots, batteries, change. is something she's muttered for years now, like a sort of mantra. No matter how crazy, the repetition will make it slowly sink into you like a hypnotist suggesting sleep. The rain boots leave my sight as I slam the Camaro's trunk shut. That probably sounds cool until I tell you it's from 1987, which is the year I was born. I have to pay a guy to skirt the smog check to keep it on the road. It begs for a license plate that says Global Warm. G-L-B-L-W-R-M. If you've never driven an old car, there's a special realization that comes with driving a model from the year you were born. It's humbling. It's also a constant reminder that with better care in different circumstances, you might have both ended up cherry enough for some hot piece to writhe around on the hood. As a journalist, the metaphor is not lost on me. I shut the door and pop open my driver app to look for a fare. Sometimes, behind the wheel, I can let my mind wander. If nothing else, I might be able to get the vision of Ken's shredded neck out of my mind. A green dot blinks to life nearby, and I put the Camaro in drive. 
When I pull up, I see a familiar-looking man double-checking his app, probably disappointed with how old my car is. I'm not offended. Almost everyone does it. Clocking the age of my vehicle only briefly precedes the realization that they have to sit next to me, since I'm driving a two-seater. Fortunately, I've got a five-smiley rating, which usually alleviates my passenger's fears. My obituary better take note of that. Five fucking smileys. You don't get better than five smileys. That's a perfect rating. I stop congratulating myself as the guy slides in beside me. Hi, I say with a customer service smile. It says you're headed to Jake's Bistro? Uh, yeah, he responds, while fighting with the seatbelt. I pull away from the curb. It's always a gamble on the second sentence. You don't want to come across as too chatty with the passengers if they don't want to talk. You want to match their energy. I find it's good to throw out something pretty innocuous. Cool. Good burgers there. Actually, I'm a vegetarian. Shit! Oh, shoot him a glance. Out of the corner of my eye, I can see him looking at me weird. Were you... He pauses, squinting at me. Were you at the dog show? I take my eyes off the road for a moment. Yeah. Were you at the dog show? Oh yeah, my, my dog actually won. You're Nibble's owner. I am. I, I headed over to Jake's to celebrate with a few other dog owners and my husband. Nice. Nibbles is a very handsome... I try to think back to what breed of dog Nibbles was, but the details are already lost to me. Blue Mountain Rascal? Newfoundland Goat Monitor? English Dyke Border? I got nothing. A very handsome dog. The man nods approvingly. I can feel I'm in good with this rider. Now we can both settle into silence, no longer strangers inside this car, destined for a five-smiley connection. My call with Jill hadn't calmed my nerves any, so I'm still on high alert as I turn onto Perkins Street. Within seconds, I see them coming the other direction, down from the courthouse, brandishing makeshift signs and poster boards saying, Right to Bite, and Vam Pro, and No More Attacks on Drax. The Pro-V contingent is suddenly making themselves very apparent, screaming their chants while wearing their fanged hats. They aren't vampires themselves, but idiots who supported pro-vampire policies and somehow oblivious to the fact these policies will result in them being hurt. Or worse. It isn't just bad taste for them to show up in the wake of Kin's murder. It's practically abetting. I wonder if they've ever seen a vampire attack firsthand. If so... How could they possibly continue to sympathize? I don't know if it's directly tied to Granderson's turn, but these people weren't here yesterday. They've crawled out of the woodwork, I suppose. I used to think the mainstream media was giving too much oxygen to a small handful of nuts. Now I'm realizing it's journalistic malpractice not to put this story in print. Nibble's owner peers through the window. Ugh, what are these assholes doing in Ukiah? I have the same thought. And I have to ask myself if someone is orchestrating this, uniting small packs of vampire sympathizers, coordinating and financing them, and riling them up so all it takes is a little push. That seems almost too big to wrap my head around. If I go down that path, I have to answer one big question. Why? What's the point? What would that person gain? What would be the motive? I must have zoned out, because suddenly the protesters are in the street and there are way too many of them swarming around the car, pounding on the windows. I have no choice but to slow down to a crawl. 
My mind takes a brief detour to my bank account, trying to size up if this will affect my rating. My passenger looks pissed. Thanks, gig economy. One lunatic starts clambering up onto my hood to hold their sign higher. I can see my passenger getting even more agitated. Just drive through them, he says, through gritted teeth. I get the urge, but cooler heads and whatnot. Yeah, I I just don't want to hurt anybody. They want to be idiots and get in the street and climb on top of people's cars? They can't be mad when they get hurt. I'm about to make a counterpoint, but then my passenger does something unthinkable. He cranks down the window to yell at these goons. Get the fuck off the car, you stupid fucktard! The man on the hood starts blocking my entire view through the windshield with his poster board. The crazed look on his face says he really wants me to read it. I get it, buddy. Vampires are people too. I'm driving blind. Or, I would be. I've had to ease off the gas so much I've stopped entirely. Nibble's dad is losing his mind as flecks of spittle fly out of his mouth. You dumb shit hillbilly fuckwits think vampires give two shits about you? The mob is yelling back at my passenger. Too many voices at once to make out any words. I hear thuds against the Camaro. Are are they kicking the quarter panels? Arms are coming through the window. My passenger is batting them back, still screaming at them. Fuck. One of the arms finds the inside door handle. The door swings open. The arms are angry and they're yanking on my passenger. A man who less than 24 hours ago was proudly wearing a knit sweater with doggy daddy on it. Hands are searching, probing, hitting, grabbing, only the seatbelt is still holding him in. I'm watching in slow motion as the sea of fingers grab his body, his clothes, anywhere they can find purchase. Then I hear the thwip as the catch of the seatbelt releases. Before I can blink, he's dragged into the crowd. His screaming, thrashing face immediately sparks shades of Ken in my brain. Ken. I try to take a breath and realize I can't, because I'm already hyperventilating, and something in me flips. I panic. I'm not here anymore. I'm a thousand feet up in the air, viewing my body put its foot on the gas in self-preservation. I'm hearing the engine roar as the car lurches into gear. I'm seeing protesters leap out of the way. I'm viewing the most agile fucker on the planet surfing on the Camaro's hood, still clutching his poster board as he wipes out and crashes to the asphalt. And then... Then I just fucking drive. So there it is. Michael, why did you uh why didn't you care about what I wrote so much? I I, I it to me it it <laughs> to me it felt more like tone than anything that that was super important. Yeah, and this is the part where you can you can behave as though you didn't know who wrote the previous Yeah, show. right, right. You don't know it was me. Pretend you don't yeah. know it was me. Um it just felt so pulpy, I think. Like, uh, like real noir. It, honestly, I came back to this expecting it to read more terse uh, than I remembered it. Like, I, I remembered it in my head as being very, very short sentences uh, and just like real choppy. Like, uh, I don't know. Very, like, very Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah, like Chuck Palahniuk or um, I'm trying to think. Of, not Dark City. Uh, what is that Frank Miller graphic novel? Sin City. Um, Sin City. Thank you. I was like, yeah. City, City by the Bay. The dame walked <laughs> in. She sat over yeah. there. She was still a dame. Yeah, it just feels like all yeah. those old uh, like detective novels. Um, 
so I, this is, in my opinion, sort of a like, hey, I'm going to give you something weird. See what the fuck you do with it. Yeah. Uh, try yep. this out, you dummy. Yeah. 100% that. I guarantee That's exactly that's right. right. It's 100. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our grand experiment. Let's see how it plays uh, out. Weird. Check it, check it, check us artists out. Um, I, I don't know. So I, I think I took it as like real pulpy. And then I was like, well, she's got, got a like monologue and this person that has to be like a little destroyed on the inside, something, something wrong in their like history. My first instinct was like, how do we explain that and unite those two ideas together? Which is like, how can this inform who they are as a person? Yeah, take, um, taking some some goofy throwaway pulp like that and turning it into a character beat was fun. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's also weird because like you're throwing out like such a big character beat where like you're adding a character uh, somewhere like to the to the canon. You don't know if they'll ever show up again or they'll ever be important. And it's like, well, have have they already talked about the mother? Like, do, is the mother like? did they just leave in like a, a scene three or what? So there's like a lot of every choice you make, it kind of feels like it's on quicksand where like, you're not entirely sure uh, what's, what's come before. I, I mean, that's the exercise, but it it's a right. little uneven, you know, unsteady. Yeah. It's funny. Cause we, you know, we specifically set up this process to be able to like, since, since there was a, a theme and a moral of like, you know, shitty people getting powerful in this country in, bad ways that we we wanted every writer to know about and we wanted to not like get too lost clint and i gave ourselves the uh ability to go and fix stuff but i don't think there was any like (laughs) well we got to cut that section because that would give her 17 moms and that that just never really happened i don't think so i don't think i like had to doctor um stuff which is great makes me feel like we didn't cheat as much as we prepared ourselves to um so to yeah to answer your question no that mom was was she was new she was fresh and then she got such a a fresh mom and a half and we never heard from her again (laughs) you love to love to see it so then like what i i mean in terms of literally driving the plot forward uh which is both a literal thing and a pun that i intended um like making her a <laughs> making her an Uber driver with the two seater was also just a, such a fun, silly choice that said so much about her very early on. Love it. Uh, I think because that, that was the other thing. It's like, like we, we wrote a couple of chapters to start with just so we could lay some groundwork, but then like, you know, so for, for taking a care, did you, did you worry at all about like, well, wait, is this who they started writing? Um, is she the type of person that would be a two seater Uber? I mean, I feel like everyone has like a second hustle now. So like, I feel like each chapter could add a new hustle for this poor reporter. Uh, and it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of what we expect. Like uh, maybe in chapter seven, she has to stop off at Ralph's or Gelson's to get like some eggs and like whatever, whatever else is in this rich person's like Instacart. Um, and then like while she's driving to DC, she's got to stop off and pick up another. I don't know. It was just like one of those things that like feels very sort of in the zeitgeist of like secondary hustles and, and and people sort of doing that it it didn't feel like it tread on any toes because it, it's such like a side choice but it, it it's like a side choice that tells you a lot about the character i think um was was that a thing that that you kind of hoped people would pick up on and and like continue like make that stop for the instacart later 
Like, was it like, had you written this whole book yourself, would you have kept coming back to that sort of thing? I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think about it in like big grand terms, but I'm also trying to remember, and I might've just ridden in like a really shitty Uber, like (laughs) uh, around this time where I was like, God, this guy should not be like, this is crowdsourcing rides. Like this, we're both going to die in this car. Um, And then I th- I think the uh, the two seater in my brain like Camaros had like a backseat, but uh, I think I actually did a little research and I was like, well, this is funnier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's got it. They don't yeah. have a backseat. I mean, this this makes way more sense. I googled um, Camaros and was like, whoop. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I already typed it. I'm going with it. I think the uh, the on top of that, look, I I appreciate. Because we've established she's a poor small town journalist, so of course she's got a side hustle. She has to. Um, uh, but then the the because you mentioned earlier, like you're trying to walk the line between um, just sort of dancing around one point or pushing the story too too far ahead, too fast, and uh, and you pushed hard and fast with like a very uh, active scene. But I think I think we needed it. I think that uh, I think that helped future writers and it was it was very fun to read so all of those little elements played together really well oh thanks man i i don't know i think like uh, of those two choices that i talked about i think at some point i was just like you really only get one shot at this you're not coming back i was like let's write it hard and put it away wet you know like (laughs) (laughs) no it's great (laughs) <laughs> which is another great segue that I feel like that leads us towards the first line that he, uh, he left for the next writer. Clint, you want this? I finally stop hours later on the East side of Reno. I'm staring out over the steering wheel at a sign that says DC is 2,500 miles away. That's the line that you left for trap for the chapter six author. Now I remember you guys had to change something at the end here. Um, I, I don't remember what it was specifically, but you guys had reached out and you're like, Hey, I just like have to adjust this. I hope it was the mileage. I hope you had written something like 400 miles away. Um, <laughs> I, I think I might've, I think I might've been like just pulling into DC and you're like, ah, I, yeah, we started in Northern California. So, um, but to real quick before you go, it certainly, I certainly didn't ask for a, a round of notes on the, um, this incredible list of dog breeds. Ah, uh, my favorite um, part. This, so you know, I love you. I mean, you know this about yeah. me, truly. You know, I love a good list joke. And like, Blue Mountain Rascal, Newfoundland Goat Monitor, English Dyke Border. Like that's <laughs> those are some just in incredible, incredible uh, dog breed names. So I'm, I had, I'm pretty fact, sure I had a whole document of like dog breed names that I was trying. I can't. Out. I am shocked that you left it to just three. Um, <laughs> but the fact that, that Nibbles, who's, uh, who was pro- not one of those three dog breeds and one of those others in, in your doc, uh, that his owner gets pulled out of the Camaro window and I, I assume ripped to shreds. To shreds, you say? To shreds, probably. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm picturing the end, of, uh, the end of Shaun of the Dead. When that one guy gets pulled out and ripped yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was picturing. Yeah, just like hands and stuff everywhere. Yeah. So I can't imagine it was either of those things that we that we asked you to edit. So it must have been the mileage thing. My question about the mileage thing, though, is like the fact that she's looking at a sign that says how far it is to D.C. in Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. 
I think might be the least believable thing in this whole enterprise. Yep. <laughs> that was the part that I remember. I, I was looking at it just before we started talking. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> There's a sign? Like, unless it's like a novelty sign that does have an accurate mileage on it. Because I, I looked up the mileage. And I was like, dude, maybe, maybe that part's wrong too. But no, that's, that's, that's accurate. What I, that I feels like... Checking mileage on something like that is is something that I would have spent five ten minutes trying to do properly. Sure. Yeah, that's a good, that's worth a trip to Google Maps. Yeah. Um, did you did you have any high hopes for aside from like the the next author knowing how far it was from Reno to DC? <laughs> did you have did you have big plans for them? Thought thoughts for where they might be able to take this? Uh, no, you know I I didn't really. I just kind of wanted to set them up with something really active um especially after the the bit about the boots and like a, a whole bunch of quarters in the boots uh <laughs> just you know really set them up for success really, um, especially it, after having been saddled with a just yeah. an absolute nothing of a first line <laughs> yeah you, you and i are cut from the same cloth my friend what i do legitimately love about it the the sign about dc aside is like you turn this entire book into a road trip story which and was like, never, never an intention that we had. And, it was, and it's great. It turned out great. And and it made it, in a lot of ways, it made it the whole process more episodic. And so like people could uh, kind of tell interesting. self-contained stories within each chapter and feel okay about, about like starting I helped things everyone and ending cheat, things. Like, you did. Yeah. <laughs> you made it a little bit easier for everybody, I think. But, but like, I we'd never talked about it being a road trip anything. Like we introduced yeah. a character that works for a senator or whatever and blah blah blah. But like the fact that you just you're like she's got a Camaro and this is a road trip book now was mm-hmm. was really kind of wonderful. Especially like right yeah. out of the gate. I guess I have to turn this around. Like you guys had the four chapters essentially in the beginning. Where did you think this might land? Great question. Um, I'll, I guess uh, I, I'll go, and then Clint will go, and we'll see if we thought the same things. I don't. I don't know if we got oh, fun. that far, or at least I didn't. But but I the goal, you know, the goal, especially with as we pitched it to everybody, was teeing it up in this sort of political arena where it's mm-hmm. where we're walking both sides of the conversation. Where it's like there's the the following the. Uh, rules that are set for running a country versus like, hold on, guys are getting killed in bars. So we wanted to have like both of those avenues. Um, and, and that was, that was really it, which, which direction any author took, I was excited to see, but I don't think, uh, yeah, specific plot wise. I, I frankly didn't care. Like there are the politics of it. The, the idea that like this brand of asshole that's been around forever is now running things and we're just going to kind of sit there and watch it happen. Like that's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, that, that was the idea that, that started this whole thing. Um, and so aside from that, recruiting all you guys to actually, to, to do the writing, like everybody that we approached to do this is funny, talented people. So I like, I, I was just happy to see where people took it. Like I, I honestly didn't have any sort of like, Oh, I hope that this is how it ends. Or I didn't have like a third act set piece in mind or anything like that. Like it was just, and so for you to show up right out of the gate and you're like, Nope, it's, it's a road trip thing. Now I was like, Oh, rad. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, Cause oh, like, yeah. it just felt like such an obvious, it just felt like such an obvious choice to me. Like the second, 
DC was like part of this and it's like here were like the symptoms happening on on the ground and it was like well you, you got to get to like the root of the problem um so it just it like I don't even know that I thought that hard about it it was like yeah she's here she's got to get to DC uh and then I was like okay well like she's got to take the Camaro because she's a Camaro girl <laughs> she's Camaro girls <laughs> yeah we set up a lot of stuff that happens, right? Like we set up a, a situation and, and did, I didn't think twice about any sort of trajectory. I really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was, which was a fun part. And in a lot of ways we've sort of purposely avoided doing that just yeah. because the whole point of this exercise for us was just to see where everybody else takes it. So. so, so to bring this back, did you guys write the ending seeing all of these or did you have like one of the other writers like finish it up knowing that like they were going to be the final one? Yeah. So we, we wrote the last chapter. Actually, we wrote the last two chapters because right. uh, one of our, our writers did a, <laughs> an enormously funny thing that we had to, to call back to. Uh, on. So we wrote the last like chapter and a half. But there's, I think there's more room. Like there's more, more room to go. Like I, I would hesitate to call the book finished. You yeah. Know? It, right. it felt like we were, we were we had gotten enough people to, to pitch in and move this story along. And we got to a place where it felt kind of fun to like, as opposed to indefinitely reaching out to people and maybe letting it spiral into something that was too big to contain to kind of put a bow on it and put it out into the world. Uh, and in a place where we could pick it right back up and do it some more. If we want. Here's a question for you. How, how hard was it to like wrangle Very. the writers on this? Yeah. Uh, no, no, the wrangling you guys, it it was, it was harder for us to, to follow through and and polish it to, to a place that felt done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's like, because we decided we wanted to do the, the podcast version of it and the audiobook version of it and get all you guys to record your, your own thing. Like we made it bigger, uh, but getting people to just write the thing was, was not difficult. Like that was not. Did you give everyone, uh, what was it like a month? Was it like three weeks? Kind of no, depended didn't put on too many time. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I remember most people, like wasting a bunch of time and then like getting to the end and be like, Oh boy. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but make a lot of choices real fast. <laughs> the only, the only time limits that we put on people, I think were like, if we had another, if we had like chapter sevens writer lined up and they had a tight window and right. so mm. chapter six's writer needed to get it done for them. So it was, it was just all sort of a shell game with that kind of, kind of stuff. But no, I mean, getting people to want to write it was, was very refreshingly not difficult. Yeah. Because everybody, everybody had a really, really, really good spirits about it, which was, was a lot of fun. It was fun. Yeah, it is fun. It was fun. You know what? Thanks for, thanks for kicking off the fun. Truly. You just jumped in there and you're like, guys, guys, let's have fun is what you said. And everybody else, all these (laughs) these strangers were like, all right. 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 Is there, one chapter that gets like just out of the blue, like super depressing. Like somebody wanted to write a capital N novel. Yes. For a chapter. Someone's like, this um, is my shot. This is going to get heavy. <laughs> no, we didn't ask those kinds of people. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think there is. There is one chapter that gets really, really intensely weird, mm. um, but not in a dramatic way, in a, in, a, in a really silly way. Yeah, uh, oh, and that that's okay. a very fun chapter. But otherwise, no. Everybody, uh, it's it just nothing but boring choices. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. It's Everybody not had true fun. at all. Yeah, no, it's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of chapters that are I'm gonna be sure to ask I'm going to be sure to ask if everybody had fun at the, at the beginning of this, of, of every, every podcast. That's Did all you have care fun? About. That's all that's yeah, important to us at this, yeah. at this juncture. Only thing that matters. Yeah. The, I mean, there's that, that's important to us, but also the other thing that's important to, to particularly me and Evan, uh, truly, when are you going to have us on to do an old person debate yeah. on night drive? Oh, soon. Uh, I mean, like, realistically i i need to like record with you guys sometime over the next two weeks um in in terms of airing uh i i don't know when this is going up it will have probably already gone up with the same problem here (laughs) i think i i move a little faster than you guys typically on on the podcast side once i start recording um especially because i don't have to line up quite as many people Mm -hmm. Um, right but uh, well, that's that's the thing. Yeah, right? like you 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 playing like seventeen different characters on on Night Drive kind of helps with that. Oh right. my god, I was trying to avoid that up front, and then uh, <laughs> it, at at a certain point, you're just like, I just need to fill a space. I, I gotta yeah. fill some spaces. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, I know who's gonna be mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's gonna be the easiest for right. the show. Uh-huh. Talking about recording, um, like a recurring character. Oh, who who can I get to do that? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say that you guys have already been on the show and you're excellent. And that's Norway's oh, uh, favorite episode. That's uh, great to know. Yeah. God. Yeah. It's good I'm to be big, back. Uh, We're big in Norway. Like for some reason. I hear that. Yeah. Night Drive, a show about Florida is is in the top 70s in in Norway. Really? Yeah. Oh, so that this isn't a, a bit that you're doing. This is that's no, real. No, no, oh, no, no. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, we uh, <laughs> on on the charts. We have been hovering around like seventy to sixty. Do you um, want to know? Do you want to know why? Yeah, Gaustad. Gaustad. The name Gaustad. Uh-huh. It's very. It's very Norwegian. Very Scandinavian. Place, place big in Norway. I'm yeah. carrying all this weight, and you and here I am, just waiting to be on your show again. <laughs> the t-ball walkers and the what street are the dust kings from eighth street dust Kings. eighth street dust kings are uh just just ready to rumble all right so yeah whenever whenever we'll see what happens hopefully hopefully some peace a quiet peace nope and over over that, that late. over <laughs> royston bong donor's dead body <laughs> Michael Truly, thanks so much. Where can we listen? We've been we've been bullshitting about Night Drive for a minute, but where can we where can you find Night Drive? Oh, you can find my show Night Drive, uh, Florida's only number one call in show that takes place in the Florida Everglades. Uh, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, um, which very recently was also the Microsoft Zune. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, I do. I do think if any if anybody would were to have multiple number one anything, it would be Florida. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody's tied for both first and last in Florida. Yeah, it's like uh, you, you look at two restaurants at the same time, and they both have the the best key lime pie. Mm-hmm. How's it possible? The state's number one key lime pie. Somebody's <laughs> got to be e- either a liar or just you know full of themselves, I guess. Um, it truly, thanks again, bud. For, yeah. for doing all of this. I had fun. Great. Yes. To circle back to book in this with the question. Did you have fun? <laughs> I did. Great. Perfect. 